what is up people and welcome back to the Highline Podcast. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. Probably in my opinion the most interesting weekend in the Premier League because we saw movement at the top, movement in the middle, movement at the bottom, big movement at the bottom. Surprises all around the table when you look at it in terms of results. We're going to start with what was definitely the most impactful result that affected the top of the table which caused that shift at the top which was once again Aston Villa breaking their own record of most consecutive home wins in the top flight, top flight history with their 1-0 win over Arsenal. What did you think of the game? They are phenomenal. They're phenomenal. They are phenomenal. Yeah. Com- it was a completely different performance to the City game. Yeah. It was more compact, more sit-in. They got their goal early so they could afford to sit in, soak up the pressure and Martinez made some fantastic saves. Yeah, fantastic. Martinez was man of the match without a doubt as well as all four across the back mm. line can have a, have a shot at it as well. I thought Carlos was brilliant. I thought yeah. Torres was great. Conza did great on the right-hand side. Dinye, fantastic, is always on the left, but Martinez was the star of the show yeah. against his former against club as well. Against his former club. Club has let him go. He's really um, staking a claim for... He's, he's pushing Alisson this season mm. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the closest I think a keeper has been to Alisson in the last few years because... He's, for how good Villa are going forward at the minute, they're fantastic in possession, they're fantastic on the break, transitions, brilliant. But when they need to defend, especially at home, when they need to defend at home, they do it brilliantly. And Martinez is a big part of that, I think. I think when you look at, look, when since Arteta has come in, it took him a while, but he's made a lot of good decisions. He has made a lot of good decisions. Yeah. I think when you take a look at Arsenal, when you look at that team challenging for the title, I think we both agree their weakest position at right now is the goalkeeper. They they can't yeah. seem to they can't seem to settle. But when you look at Martinez, who they just let go, mm. and the way he's performing, and you look at Burnt Leno, who's the second highest save percentage in the league behind Allison, and the way he's performing, yeah, and you think, did Arteta get it wrong letting Martinez go? I think when you look at it now, I definitely think so. Yeah, it was a bad decision. He has the personality for that role Arsenal as well. Team, yeah. Because Arsenal, that team is full of passion and big characters. And he's one of the biggest characters out there, I think. He's so confident in his abilities. He's a World Cup winning goalkeeper now as well. So he has the credibility to yeah. back himself up as well. He does. He's won trophies. So, yeah, I think when Arteta does look back on it, he will have a bit of regret towards that. But I think even for Arsenal... Now, I think Kai Havertz has been performing well in the last He's couple been of weeks. He's been stepping up a bit more. But I think how he's approached replacing Jacka with Havertz, I don't think will work no. in the long term. And I think that will be an issue for him. Because that midfield is getting overrun, outfought, outmuscled. Yeah. And you've you seen with Aston Villa... Their midfield is a fantastic, such a good blend. It's, it's a machine. It's such a good blend with Kamara and Louise in the middle dictating because they're equally as good at defending as they are on the ball. And then with McGinn dropping in and now they've Tielemans dropping in as well instead mm-hmm. of Zaniolo. With a, it's a proper like boxy midfield. You can't get the ball off them when they're in there, but then you can't keep the ball when you have it yourself. It's mm-hmm. so, what Emery has done with that team is fantastic. It's so, so good. I actually can't sing his praises high enough. After this weekend, do you think there's a shift in who's City's closest challengers? 
No, I still think Arsenal have a chance, definitely. They still have another gear to go up. The forward players still have better to go and I still think their defence is quite good because they didn't really give much up other than the chance that Villa took. Yeah. So I still think Arsenal have it. Liverpool are finding ways to win now and I feel like I'm saying that about a different team every weekend. But this is what I was saying to you, right? And I, I think the same about both. Arsenal had been finding a way to win and I said that's not sustainable the way they're going. Yeah. And you saw that kind of but you need a good enough team of course but you saw that against Villa. I think Liverpool are finding a way to win at the minute and I think just as much as Arsenal that's not sustainable. So it's it's a big big question of if City do not get their act together which which of which of Arsenal and Liverpool will be the ones to to go and do it? Will it be Liverpool because they have that winning experience in the squad that you know they've Champions League winners, the Premier League winners already in that squad with with Liverpool as well. They didn't get yeah. bought from other players like like a Varane or or things like that. So they have it in there. Or do you think an Arsenal will do it because they had they were so close last year? Will they have learned from their mistakes? I think I don't. I think to swiftly judge Arsenal and say that they're not title worthy after losing one nil away to what is such a good team that have been especially good at home mm. would be harsh and rash. I still think Arsenal have the capabilities and can definitely push City to the wire, especially like City were good against Luton at the weekend, but they weren't the City that we know. So if our Arsenal and Liverpool have to keep that pressure on, they have to keep sustaining the pressure, even if they are grinding out wins like they are, they just have they have to do what they have to do. They have to get the job done. Liverpool again got the job done. And it's Liverpool are on an incredible run when you think about it. Yeah. They haven't of results. They haven't lost they've only lost one game in the Premier League since April. And that was the game against Spurs with the all the controversy. Oh my god, right. And they haven't lost at Anfield since April. Wow. So Liverpool Liverpool are in an incredible vein of form themselves. They're in a, they're an incredible vein of results. I, I, I've watched a lot of Liverpool. I've seen them just about get jobs done. That's yeah. just... Uh, I st you still have to watch how it's done. You can look at results, numbers on papers as much as you want. You still have to watch how it's done. And I think how it's done tells a lot. What I find very, very different about this Premier League season, I think each year we come here, everyone around the world, this, this is the Christmas period. This is when you assess who's for real. And I think the conversation is always circled around why teams can win it. Like we'd always say, look at City, look what they're doing. They're, they're this good here, they're this good here. Look at Arsenal. Last season we were saying that they just can't be stopped. They're, they're constantly scoring goals. They're playing an amazing stack of football. I think they can do it. Liverpool back a few years ago is the same. I find myself in complete contrast this season, sat here looking at just let's pick those four or those three teams. And instead of sitting here and making points of why they will win the league, I'm sat here making one point for each as why they won't. And, and none of them are 100% convinced. None of them are 100% there, for example. With Liverpool, I question that midfield. I, I think it's brand spanking you out of the box midfield. I think that that midfield has the weaknesses. Their striker is a fucking joke. Mess, you don't know what you're going to get. 
that's why I don't think they'll win I think the an league. important thing about Liverpool to note as well is when Africa Cup of Nations comes and they're without Salah. And they're without Salah. Oh, and Nunes is their number one source of goals. It's a great point. A great point. So so I look at Liverpool and, okay, that's my judgment there at Christmas. I look at Arsenal and think, geez, I can't remember a team that's won the league that hasn't had a comfortable goalkeeper. I think their yeah. goalkeeper, I, I can't remember. Go back as far as you want. Even the year Leicester won, Schmeichel was brilliant. Yeah. So I can't remember a team that's won the league. I think it's, it is without a doubt a position you have to have settled down if you want to win the league. You can't have it up in the air. And I think Raya and Ramsdale right now are just kind of both in their own head. Both good goalkeepers in their own right, but both in their own head. And then I look at City and I, and I think no one has ever, I said this in my preseason review, that's why I said Arsenal would win. No one has ever done four in a row. Yeah. So it's very hard to just go flippantly going back someone to do it as good as City are, especially, especially coming off a treble. That yeah. that like they've done it, they've completed it. Like it's like climbing Everest. It's like climbing Everest, and the very minute you hit the bo- the bottom of that mountain, when you finish climbing, you turn around, and you want to go straight back up with the same desire. You don't have it. Yeah. You don't have it. Arsenal hit. They almost got there. They're, they they smelt the tip of Everest and they're hungry to get there. That's the, that's why I would fancy Arsenal the most out of all. Completely. But do you see the contrast this season? We all They all have one big reason yeah. of why they can't. That makes it all the more entertaining. They're all but it the is, more entertaining. None of them are 100% convincing, which is what makes it so hard mm. and how you can change every weekend. I feel like that's how we're going to be until... Look, one of them is bound to go on a run. It happens every season where one of them goes or on, on a run. Or the two of them go on a run. Mm. It'd be great for the league if all three of them went yeah. on a run. But I think right now it's impossible to call who's going to win the league at the minute. And I think that's that's exciting. Well, here's one question I'm going to finish this top of the league conversation with right before we move on. Every podcast we come on and when we talk about the title race, we, we mention three clubs. Can you argue another one? Can you put another club in there that realistically could challenge? Again, talking about, can you see another club going on a run? Well, out of the top... You're looking at top six, top seven there. Out of the top eight teams in the league, only one team is performing at the highest level. It's Aston Villa. It's Aston Villa. They're the only team that are performing to their potential and to a high standard every week. Mm. No let up, no lack of desire, no burnout yet. But I still think come come April, March, April, May, they will go far in that conference league. They will. They're the best team in it. And they have Emery as a manager. They have all the components, all the minerals to go all the way in that tournament. And I think... That will take precedence as the season goes on. But then it's so hard because if I was Unai Emery and Villa were sat in third place come February, I'd be thinking, we can really get Champions League. Aston Villa in the Champions League would be incredible. And it would probably, in my opinion, it would probably be worth more to them than a Conference League trophy. Well, but what you have to think as well, in my opinion, when you look at the Conference League pool, 
Villa can rest players and still win that. Yeah, I was thinking that myself as well. Like Villa could actually use the Conference League as they go through it to rest players yeah. and play the best team when it comes to say the semis. Yeah, that's, I think and the they, final. Absolutely, I think they can do that. So it could may and maybe they need to keep that constant run of games to keep up this form that they're in. Maybe they feed off of playing every three days. You don't know. You have to see deeper into the season about that. But Villa do have depth now. They can mix and match the midfield. Konza plays right back some games. Sometimes it's Matty Cash. Konza can play in the middle. Rest Carlos, rest Torres. Maybe Mings will come back. Mm. Dinier can play. Alex Moreno can play. Mm. That midfield is always changing. They've got Bailey, Diaby, Zaniolo. Buendia still has to come back. The only thing that could completely ruin Villas if Watkins, Watkins gets, injured. gets injured Watkins is what Watkins does is he pushes the the, the line of the, the, the opposition defence back because he is constantly running behind yeah. so he's given that midfield the space because the, the high line of the opposition can't always stay on a high line because Watkins is gone Yeah. so I think it's a huge issue but what I think he would do if Watkins did get injured he would move Diaby or someone like that or Bailey into yeah, the middle it, but will that be I know Will no no it won't enough? be the same you know I, it's I mean? hard to know but I think he that's is, what he'll do eyes critical he's so and he's the only position they don't have an backup adequate backup in, in. Yeah. I think we have to move to two teams who've had huge huge push that, that they could win it or at least challenge as well and they're back to winning ways after a run of pretty bad form and that's City and Spurs yeah that's City needed that bad. City needed that, and it was a struggle. You watched yeah. the game. What did you think? I was impressed. I was impressed by City. Yeah. Like they, they were good. But then again, it, it's the least you expect from City against Luton Town. It is. The passing was good. I thought Foden was brilliant, actually. Really. And I think if you ever needed an example of why Foden needs to play more centrally, it was that game. Really. Pockets. In the pockets, he was so good. Taking the ball on the half turn, driving at players, picking cute little passes I thought Grealish was good Grealish picked a few nice passes Bernardo Silva was excellent as always Alvarez struggled a little bit but he still caused a bit of trouble up there Rodri is so important to them yeah. even for the first goal it's him that wins the ball back and they push forward and score Bernardo's finish was fantastic you have to come back to Luton Town though again they've pushed another yeah. they've pushed another monster team to the limit they're brilliant at home they encompass everything you want from them. When you yeah. think of Luton Town and a team coming up in a 10,000-seater stadium... You, they, want, you want them to make it hard on the Premier League teams. And you know what the thing with Luton is? They have like they have a bit of young, emerging talent as well. Players want to prove themselves, but they've mixed it in with like forgotten players of the Premier League that Barkley. also have a point to prove. How good was Barkley? Barkley, all season he's been brilliant. Like yeah. Even in the last two games against Arsenal and City... Barkley took Odegaard for a walk against Arsenal. Yeah. He was incredible. Now, he didn't exactly take Rodri for a walk no. against City. We are still very good But he was game. still fantastic. Even for the goal, like, that's such a clever turn in the middle of the park. So risky as well. And that's what, you wouldn't associate with Luton taking risks in the middle of the park because if that goes wrong, City are up the pitch and it's probably a goal. So, I, Luton, I don't, ultimately, I don't think they'll have enough to stay up. But, if they put performances in like that at home, they'll give their fans at least a season to remember. Yeah. But they could have had results against Arsenal City. They could have City, had a lot more points in the day. And they'll look back on that and think, oh, what nights we could have had. Yeah. Because that Arsenal game had potential to be... Oh, that was it. 
a night for the history books yeah. and maybe not so much the City game because I, I always thought City were going to come back. They looked like they were going They back. always looked like they were going to come back. But that Adebayo up front is a handful as well. Yeah. They have a couple of nice players. Like Mengi coming from United has played well. Kaminsky in goals. He makes Phenomenal. some great saves. Yeah. Like if Luton were somehow managed to stay up, I would not be surprised if Kaminsky was gone, yeah. the driving force towards yeah, that yeah, because yeah. he makes some really, really big saves. And Adebayo in the last couple of games has started scoring goals and he's a handful and he's pace doesn't give up I like the look of Adebayo Ogbené's played well he's injured at the minute Barkley's played well Chong's played decent Townsend's playing good he's a good player so yeah Luton look I have, I have a lot of admiration for how Luton have gone about the season They've, I think they will pick up points as they, they go. will as they go along they've de- certainly picked up more points than I thought they would yeah. and they're they're a force at home because they give a tough game to everybody everybody like there's a lot of teams there you'd be thinking just think okay get results at home against yeah. certain teams because I don't think there's if there's certain teams in the league I don't think would be able for how physical they are and how yeah. in your face they are and how the home support really get behind them as well Tottenham a comfortable win against Newcastle 4-1 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is this a message that they're back? I thought they were very good I love Tottenham I, love I thought how Tottenham they were very play. very good I love even games recently they've lost I know I've, I've kind of semi shit on Tottenham I just thought what they were doing was a small bit unsustainable but even with the players on the pitch, you look who they have to come back. They're playing still really good stuff. I really said, good I said stuff. this in the last episode, Postacoglu deserves a lot of credit for how he has that team playing. Mm. So short into his reign there. I love how he plays the fullbacks. Yeah. Pedro Porro. He looks like a different player. Some of the passes he's playing are incredible. And I remember, I remember watching when he lost to Wolves, it was what broke their big running streak, their big winning streak. Yeah. And going, Jesus, Porro's playing some outrageous passes. Yeah, I remember. Porro's playing incredible. And every time I watch Spurs, I keep going, Jesus, Porro's playing incredible. Yeah. He's taken me completely by surprise because I watched him the second half of last season and he was a liability was at the a back. Mess. It was a bit of a mess. His crossing was all over the place. He didn't look like the 45 million euro defender they bought whereas this season he looks a, he nearly looks a bargain he's yeah. been really good Udogi got his first goal for Tottenham rumours of him signing a new contract as well yeah I've seen that so it's a good one to keep down yeah he is absolutely um, even Kulisevsky's taken to the number the 10 number position 10 in Madison's absence really yeah. really well and I really wondered how he was going to fill that void Madison leaves and even Richarlison has two goals if they can get Richarlison scoring goals. If they can get Richarlison scoring goals. Because Son was equally as effective out on the left wing. I question whether Son maybe had the legs to do that anymore, but yeah. he had Trippier on toast. Toast. A tri- Trippier's had a couple of bad games on the trot now. What do yeah, you think of Newcastle in trouble? Oh, Are they slipping I f- down the I table? I feel for Newcastle. They've got so many injuries. So do Spurs now, let's be clear. Yeah, but at least Spurs can bring someone off the bench. It's a squad problem then. Newcastle have 12 players injured. Yeah, and they're playing midweek tough like think about that game in Paris that, dra- that must have drained the life out of them yeah. and they've essentially played the same starting 11 for the last five games and they've all been taxing games tough yeah. games yeah. that's bound to take a toll on you and they've got such a tough game midweek as well to give them much of a chance of going through against AC Milan I think 
from best of my knowledge, they need a lot of stuff to go their way. I think they need PSG to beat Dortmund or, or Dortmund need to beat PSG. I'm not sure, but um, Newcastle can do anything at St. James's Park. Yeah. And AC Milan... I definitely think they can beat AC Milan. And AC Milan. Milan don't look great. No. So they definitely can beat them. It's about whether the results around them go their way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's it's one to keep an eye on. But as always, when it's not in your hands entirely, you're playing a... You're just hoping, chance in your arm, essentially. We have a new league leader after this weekend at Liverpool. Yeah. You go back to the game and how it got done. Crystal Palace seemed comfortable enough. Liverpool had good balls, spells of possession, a few good chances, Nunes. But they got their got one nil up and two very, very soft yellows yeah. for IU got sent off and that kind of seemed to change the game. Salah got the goal and then Harvey Elliott scored the winner. Great winner. Roy Hodgson came out, as you said, during the week, saying that when he does leave the game behind, he won't be leaving much behind him because of the way the game has gone very yeah. soft. Is that, a, is that an example of how VAR has gone too, 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 too specific? I don't, I don't like myself where the game is going. I think the referees are taking the emotion out of the game entirely. With this stuff, when someone asks for a yellow, you know the way that's just not, yeah. done very much in South America, you see yeah. that? And they can't do that here. They can't even complain to the, you know. Yeah. <coughs> it's a it's it's a weird one. It's even with Arsenal's win midweek and Arteta got booked for celebrating. Yeah. Ridiculous. What you That's su- what we want to see. What are you supposed to do when in you're in a title race, every point matters, and your team pops up with a last, literally last touch of the game winner. You're just not allowed to sell. So like every person knows that the emotion overcomes you. Yeah. You can't control it. Especially, uh, it's just, it baffles me. And like, referees thinking they're so entitled that people can't appeal their decisions. There has to be an ability for a captain to go up and appeal a decision a referee makes or a manager to go over and ask why he's made such a decision. For referees to wave them away, book them for asking questions. And if a player goes up and he's, ticked off over a decision you can't expect him to come over and try to articulate his point in a diplomatic no, manner no 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 he's fighting he's gonna, limb. there's such a fine margins in the Premier League that emotions are going to become high and you can't control that now if a player is roaring abuse in a referee's face that's a lie that's enough, fair enough fair enough book him that can't happen but if a player is simply going over and trying to fight a case and the referee is so arrogant that they won't even listen to him that winds me up at the minute and it's getting worse and worse you can't uh, you can't keep going that way and these soft yellow cards for time wasting and tapping a ball away tapping a ball away like it's ruining the game like you've already seen there's been such a rise in the number of red cards and such a rise in the number of players getting five yellows and missing games no one wants that either no one wants to you've seen like you know Man United's captain now is out of out of the game at Anfield. Game at Anfield because of he was just defending his own teammate. It's stupid, and I won't even blame Bruno for that. Bruno has a tendency to moan and, moan yeah. and give out. But it wasn't bad. He didn't even do anything so over the top. It's the game. Hutchins right. The game is going too soft, and I don't know where they've they've bit the bullet now and they've started penalising this stuff. So I don't know where they can't go back on it because then they look soft themselves. 
So I don't know where to draw the line because it's only going to get worse. And VAR, in terms of VAR itself and how long it takes for them to make decisions, like even for that Palace penalty, the game was on for like a minute and 45 seconds before the referee finally pulled yeah, it back. Yeah. That can't happen either. If a decision is taken over 60... <coughs> if a decision is taken over 60 seconds to make, it's not clear and obvious. Yeah. If it was clear and obvious, you'd have it... Like that. You'd know straight away. That's what clear and obvious is. It's The game is being micromanaged now. The emotion is being taken out of it. I don't know. I honestly don't know where to go from here, and I don't know how they perfect it. Maybe they just. I think they have to give more light, more weight to the on-field decisions. More responsibility on the referees. The referees yeah. don't need to do anything. But anymore. you see it clear as day with the linesman. If if it's a even somewhat of a tight call, some of them aren't even tight calls. Mm. They won't put up their flag. No, they'll they'll fear they're wrong. Yeah, exactly. That's it's it's a, they need to put the onus back on the referee to make the call. And only in dire situations does VAR come in and say, yeah. I think you need to look at this again. That doesn't mean that you have to come in and change it, but I think you need to look at it. I think if you limited VAR to the offside calls and the goal line technology, like, was the game that bad before all that? When, when VAR was brought in, the main points of issue were offside calls and missing out on red cards. Bad challenges, not seeing them, missing out on them. Hmm. It's micromanage like let the referee play the game and worry about offsides offsides fair enough there's nothing more annoying than when your team concedes a goal offside, and yeah. it's clear as day offside and it's still given so I get that that's fine and for the most part offsides are fine but even if they interpreted UEFA's system where it's literally you cannot argue it it's yeah. computerised yeah. it's none of this physical physically Line drawing drawn. lines yeah. with the angles on the pitch completely skewed that's ridiculous. If they get the UEFA offside system in, they use goal line technology and they put more responsibility on the referees. Everyone's happy. Hmm. The emotions put back and the referees need to loosen it up. They're not, they make more fecking mistakes than the players do. Yeah. So they don't, the fact that they think they can prance around the pitch that they can't be contested for their on-field decisions baffles me. They need to they need to grow up the referees in my opinion and they need to change that and they need to let they need to let managers and players showcase emotion because that's what football is all about a very ugly scoreline at Old Trafford another um, one at the weekend it, it, I believe it's the first time in Manchester United history where they lost by a three goal margin at Old Trafford to a team at the bottom half of the table in its entire history. So, is the, was the game as ugly as the scoreline? Mm, was the game as ugly as the scoreline? By the end of it, yeah. But, the first goal they conceded was soft. It was a cheap giveaway. Bournemouth go up the pitch, poorly defended. Solanke finishes it. United are still in the game. They created chances. Well, I wouldn't even say they created chances. They created opportunities. They played well. They created opportunities to create that chance. And even at the start of the second half, the crowd were up. Yeah. The crowd were onside. You, you thought United were going to score the way they were going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're far too open. As they're. A team that is as open as them in midfield and at the back are always running the risk. Like, if you think about... Bournemouth still could have had... Another two. Another two. And if it wasn't for... 
a brush of the hand it was 4-0 like there was a lot of opportunities there where Bournemouth just broke, made the wrong call. Solanke hit the post in the first Whereas half. Whereas you wouldn't say about United could have had two or three. You wouldn't. United would be lucky if they'd won. Yeah, you would. It wasn't like the Chelsea game. No. But that's the story of United. It's just so inconsistent all season. Yeah. They've... I just... I don't know what more there is to say about Man United anymore. Do you think it's going to be a very damning week for Ten Hag? Bayern Munich at home Liverpool away yeah but this is the thing even if Ten Hag is to come under pressure and he will come under pressure who who sacks him yeah I know there's no one even in charge anymore there's no one in charge anymore until that 25% stake is ratified like I see people all over Twitter how is Ten Hag not sacked yet surely you're not that dense no I know you like come on there's no one in position to make the make the call so how Someone that knows their job is gone could be next week, could be in two weeks, could be in a month. He's not going to sack the manager. No. He doesn't have that authority anymore. You're talking about Richard Arnold? Yeah. Richard Arnold, John Murtaugh. They don't have the... They don't have the authority they're to gone. make that call they're good as good as gone. They're going. So, Ten Hag is there until there's a new football structure in place. And I do... I have said this before. I do believe that Ten Hag will be let go when that football I don't. thing is in place. Because I think if Ratcliffe is going through the trouble of getting everyone out of the job in the sporting department, it only makes sense that he wants his own manager in there as well. He I, might give Ten Hag a couple of... I don't think there's a better option out there. May, maybe so. But... It's, I don't think he'll go. I think I don't think he will. I think it's about the football structure rather than the manager. I think we have. I think. I think United have a coach, um, and I think a coach is trying to do a football and director's job, a manager's job. Yeah. Whereas they, if they got around Ten Hag right, it might be the worst of situations. No, I, I, Ten Hag needs to be left to coaching that football team and nothing else, mm. because having to deal with off-field issues and spearhead the recruitment policy and decide who's not fecking getting a contract and who is getting a contract. That's not his job. There's a scouting department in that club for a reason. They need to scout players and get and call, go to Ten Hag and say, X, Y, and Z, suit your playing style. Which of these do you approve of? And we will take it into account with all of our other scouts. Ten Hag going up and saying... I want Mason Mount because I like the look of him. It's not enough. No. Why are there? Why are scouts being employed? Yeah. That club is baffling. That club is genuinely baffling. And even if they are to go and beat Bayern Munich, and somehow Copenhagen, Copenhagen and, and draw. draw, and United go through, and say United go and beat Liverpool at Anfield, does any of it even matter? Because it's just pushing the cart down the road. United, how many times this season have United had a moment where you've went, Could have turned it around. oh, this is a turning point. Yeah, that, 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 last week. McTominay scores a brace in, in, in the dying time. minutes. You think, yeah. boom, there we go. There's the turning point. Nothing happens. Yeah. Onana saves a last minute penalty in the Champions League. There's a turning point in the Champions League. You're they're going to go through. Yeah. 
Nothing. Fold of the next game. Beat Chelsea. Comfortable win against Comfortably. Chelsea. They look good. Go, they go, go at home to Bournemouth. They go and get spanked at home to Bournemouth. If United were to beat Bayern Munich and they go through, is anyone convinced they're making a pass around the 16? No. No way. Exactly. They'll probably just go crashing out again. Yeah. So it's pointless. They go and beat Liverpool in Anfield. Who's to say they're not going to go and lose to... Who are they playing next? Aston Villa? Aston Villa, I think. Who's to say they're going to go and beat Aston Villa the next game? They won't. It doesn't... United don't matter anymore. They've completely lost... They're incapable right now of going on a run. They're incapable of anything. They're incapable of running efficiently. They're incapable of making good football and decisions. They're incapable of recruiting properly. And they're incapable of playing football. They're dreadful. Genuinely dreadful. They're sicken me. <laughs> Nowhere near top four. Not a fear of them. They're far too inconsistent and they're far too open at the back. Nowhere near Champions League knockout. I, do, I don't. They haven't shown me anything this season to suggest they're going to go and beat Harry Kane's Bayern Munich. They just lost to Dominic Solanke's Bournemouth. <laughs> so like, yeah. and Mo Salah's due his annual hat-trick. So. Yeah, he's due, he's very due. And what's that, what's that United midfield going to be at Anfield anyway? No Bruno, no Casemiro, Don, no The return Mount. of big man Donny. Oh God, it's a mess. You're, he's not going to throw Manu in there. No, he won't, it's a mess. It's such a mess. But all, all United fans can hope for is that Ratcliffe comes in and his CV does little to suggest he's going to do anything of any use. But it, yeah. but if it, he goes in... Hires the right people. And he hires the right people and he actually puts in a, a footballing structure, he's already halfway there, in my yeah, opinion. He is. So, fingers crossed for United fans that that happens for them. Because if that doesn't happen, it's just going to be the same thing. And it's going to be the same for quite some time. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's the best United fans can hope for is that 25% now. Yeah, the best they can hope for is that Ratcliffe comes in and puts in a football instruction yeah. because that's that's step one. That is a step one. It's it, it's more than they have at the minute though. But for now, as far as I'm concerned, it really United this season they don't matter. Everything comfortable at home win at Chelsea. Another another bad loss for Chelsea. Another mediocre performance for Chelsea. You know, before we talk about Chelsea. I think we need to give Everton some props. Oh, without a doubt. Because they have, this season as a whole, been brilliant. Yeah. Like, with that, without that 10-point deduction, they're three points off European places. Stop. They're 10th, I think. 23 points. That's unbelievable. They've been incredible. The job Sean Dyche has done. Ah, phenomenal. You think, you, think about, you think about that team Lampard left. Yeah. Last year, they were so leaky at the back. They yeah. conceded such soft goals. There was no fight about them. Yeah. There was no physicality about them. And Sean Dyche hasn't bought a lot of players. No. He's dealing with essentially the same squad. He's coaching. And I, when Sean Dyche was hired, I think me and you both said, perfect. That manager. is the perfect manager for what Everton want to be. Yeah. The, his coaching of the Coure has been brilliant. He has McNeil back playing how he was playing at Burnley. And McNeil yeah. was really good at Burnley. Yeah. Brantwaite 
has been Fantastic brilliant. And I think what also helps Brantwaite is he has Tarkowski beside him. Yeah. Tarkowski is such a good model professional to learn off. Solid, doesn't put a foot wrong, good leader. Now, if Everton had a bags man up front, somebody could rely on. Calvert-Lewin Asa, is great. Asalanki. Yeah, Asalanki. Asalanki. Because Calvert-Lewin is good, but you can't rely on him. No. Beto... I don't rate Beto at all. Beto looks grand coming off no, the bench. No, he doesn't. I think he's really Come bad. Coming off the bench. No, I don't care. He's really bad. No, he's not. And I think his decision to put in Garner has been brilliant as well. Good decision. Mikalenko is playing brilliantly. You can look around that whole Everton team and everyone is playing brilliantly. Yeah. I've got a lot of admiration for how Sean Dyche has gone about his business and gotten them. Because they had a dodgy start as well. They weren't taking their chances. They always had high XG, but they weren't, they weren't scoring. I thought they were in real trouble. Mm-hmm. He has them playing really well. And they're in a situation now because they're appealing that points deduction. You don't know how good they're actually looking right now. That points deduction could, most of it be shaved off because it yeah. was quite hefty. And they could be right up there with, you know, they could be ahead of Chelsea right like, now. Can you imagine Everton without that 10 point deduction? They're breathing down the likes of West Ham, Brighton, all them teams, like the likes of Brighton that have plaudits all over the place. Yeah. They're even breathing down the likes of Newcastle, United. Everton have been incredibly consistent this season actually since the little hiccup at the start where they couldn't yeah. score they've, once they've they started really once putting the ball in the net he made the move to put the core in cam in the 10 and put Garner in midfield and brilliant. since then they've been playing brilliantly yeah really doubt. really good and I'd fancy every time Everton are at Goodison Park I'd fancy them without a doubt even away from home they're, they're just they've got proper physical good ball playing players all over the park and they've got heart and they've got soul and they've got great fan base and Sean Dyche is just Sean Dyche is a brilliant manager brilliant manager he is and any word on Chelsea what do you think there I believe nothing, nothing I, new I believe Pochettino came out after the game and spoke about a transfer window how he needs more players I heard that I heard the comment of we need to fix their reality in the transfer window and I'm here thinking 961 million pounds you, You've done a few transfer windows now Not Poch in particular But Chelsea yeah. You have a few transfer windows Under your belt now Fuck the last thing you need Is another one Coach who you've got But this is the thing You spend 961 million You still don't have A convincing goalie No You still don't have A dominating Centre half The midfield We can argue about Yeah and you still you spend you still nine, have goals. You spend nine hundred and sixty one million pounds and you don't have a striker. That's a joke. That's a joke. And whatever about Jackson, Jackson's a young player. It's a bit like Hoyland. He should have never been signed to be the man. Yeah. He needed someone to learn off of. Come in, play a few cup games. If you need a goal, bring him off the bench, mould him into that striker yeah, you yeah, want him to be. Yeah. And Kunku, not a striker. They're hoping he'll come in and, and can play a strike. They're hoping he's he's the second coming of Christ. By the way, he needs to. Be. He needs to be like they have no other choice. They have no other choice. The pressure coming on in Cuckoo. I know he had a good preseason. I heard, but like the pressure. And Cuckoo's a good player, but that Leipzig system is very strange. You've, you've seen players come out of before yeah. and not be able to perform. That Leipzig system is unique, especially the way they play up front. He's nearly like a false nine. And are Chelsea going to play with a false nine? I don't know. I don't know either. Because they play with 
Gallagher quite <coughs> advanced or they play with Palmer advanced. Yeah. You can't have a 10 and a false, a false nine because it doesn't work. So, like, that's another thing. How much say does Pochettino have on these signings? No one knows. That's why when I think Pochettino is talking about the reality and getting the transfer window right, I think Pochettino is nearly saying, I need a bit of a say here. Mm. Don't keep dropping players in front of me that I have no idea anything about their capabilities or how they're going to fit into my team. Because let's face it, that team isn't Pochettino's team at all. It's Bowley's team. It's a mess. It's a complete mess. And like you said the last episode with all the contracts... That's that you could just Chelsea are a basket case right now, and I don't see light. I don't see a situation where they come out of it. Same the way. Chelsea that we know and associate them with, Chelsea are not known for patience, fans, boardroom, everything. They demand results now, and it's fair with the amount of money they've spent. Mm. Like Chelsea fans. Chelsea fans get more excitement and enjoyment out of transfer windows than they do watching their team play. Yeah. But that money spent, I don't care if you've spent it on dross. You've got to be better than 12th. And you've got to be better than nine wins in the league in the calendar year. It's the end of December. Imagine being a Chelsea fan, you've only seen nine wins all season. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Like They're... they're themselves in United are a joke to them. Season's right off already. Yeah. Especially for Chelsea. Oh, especially, especially for Chelsea. They, unless they have a, I actually don't even know, unless they have a what, I don't know. It's, it's all look, over the place. Look, Everton got a great result. They went and did their job as they've been doing for the last couple of weeks. They're playing really, Brilliant really well. Brilliant team. A few good results as you go down the league table, like Fulham bagged from five goals again. That's a really, really good result for Fulham. Another, you called, you called Fulham's revival. Had a good weekend. Had a good weekend. I went, you did, I yeah. went three for three for the pit with my picks. I had an absolutely horrific weekend. Had had Villa to beat Arsenal, they did. I had Spurs to beat Newcastle, they did. They demolished them. And I had Everton to beat Chelsea. I thought that was quite a simple one, but they weren't even favourites, what they did. I had Fulham to beat West Ham, which they Jimenez did. Jimenez is back amongst the goals. I like, you know what? I thought it's it was impossible a, to hate Jimenez. I like Jimenez. It was, but it was a matter of time because I've seen him chirping away and he'd missed a few bad ones. And I says, once he get like any striker, once he gets the first couple in, he, the rest could follow. It yeah. could. It's not always guaranteed, but they could follow. Tom Kearney back in midfield has helped them a lot as well. He's created more chances. You can see it with, like, I never dreamt that Fulham would get five against West Ham that's, now. That's another thing. West Ham. But West Ham, I heard the good few rumours coming out of the, the, the camp that there was sickness during the yeah. week. So that, that, you can it, take that result with a pinch of salt. I think so too, because I think there was actual genuine sickness throughout the West Ham yeah. camp. Had Luton to draw with City. This is a bit of a dodgy call. It was a dodgy call. City nicked it in the end, but it wasn't how I expected the game to go. City were dominant. City deserved to win. That's fair enough. I thought City were going to be kind of a second gear. They weren't. They were actually pretty good. Um, Liverpool had win, which they did. I had Brighton Burnley as a draw, which it was a great point great for Burnley. Great shout. Yeah. Great shout by yourself and a great point for Burnley. Really, really But good. when are we going to start talking about Brighton? Because it's a poor result for Brighton. Because they've not been good this season. No. They're not the Brighton that have been earning plaudits all mm. around the world. And I think Deserby Deserby came out after the game and he was you could tell he was visibly frustrated because when you watch the highlights of that game, Bright Brighton had so many chances. They had to they had to have won that game. Trafford Trafford and I have I've been very um what's the word? 
unconvinced by Trafford. I thought a team coming up like Burnley, the last thing a promoted team needs coming into this league is a goalkeeper you're taking a chance on. Who has no Premier League experience, young, and Trafford has been made a few dodgy mistakes. He's not been a hundred percent comfortable on the ball, but he made some brilliant saves yeah. against Brighton at the weekend. So fair play to him because he's had a tough he's had a tough beginning to his Premier League career, but that was a great game for him. But Deserby said, um, maybe we're not getting the results because we're not a top class team, and maybe I'm not a top class coach. Damn enough words. Would you agree with that? Do you think Deserby's a top class coach? Yeah, I do. Where's his next move? I don't think it's to the very top. I don't think the the I don't think most of the top teams would chance it. I think his next move is. Who could it be? Like, who would take a chance on it? Because I look through that whole Brighton team and we talk about who's the next £100 million Brighton player. But I would nearly say that Brighton's most valuable asset right now is Deserby. Probably is. If Ferguson tied down to a good contract. I know, but... Like, Deserby leaves that team. It's hard. I know Brighton will probably come out with another manager out of nowhere. Yeah. And he'll be brilliant. But there's a chance that doesn't happen. They did lose an awful lot in the summer. They lost their two best midfielders. They have a lot of injuries as well. They, they have, have a lot, lot of injuries. So I think... <coughs> like Estupinian's huge loss. Yeah. Matoma, you can tell, he's not starting yeah. games, so he's not 100%. Welbeck is always big because Ferguson is too young to be playing. I do think I do out. think the jury's out on Brighton, though. I do think no, they, they deserve a lot give it, more. You've got to give it to February, March, and we'll see where they are. Because but. when Brighton were under Potter, they used to create a lot of chances and miss them. And yeah. Potter used to get slack for, well your team aren't taking their chances. But this Brighton team right now are doing quite similar. They're making all the chances, but they're just not finishing them. And we have to look as well to a shock result at Sheffield United and all three points at Brentford. I said said it to you last week, you love a manager bounce. I do love a manager bounce. I didn't back this one. I thought Sheffield were way too shit though. Brentford away from home have been shaky and without Embuemo I don't see the goals no very shaky and they didn't score so like but it's a great it's a great win for Sheffield like that, 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 there's a few teams there that we thought were dead and buried that have picked up points in the last two weeks Jim. yeah um, I was actually thinking during the week you've been big had a lot of words for Burnley you think yeah. Burnley are going to defy the odds you think yeah. they're going to stay up yeah and I have been more so focusing on where the goal is going to come from. Yeah. They're too open at the back. Company's not proven. But I haven't actually asked an even tougher question as to why Burnley are going to stay up. You think Burnley are going to stay up? I just have a hunch. Ha- so, who is going down instead of them? I told you who I have, which is wrong at the time. I told you who I said at the yeah, time. Well, and you've and said I don't that's think wrong that now. now, but you're still saying Burnley are going to stay up. So, who is it? Who do you think is going down instead of Burnley. Yeah. Because you're so hell-bent on them yeah. staying up. Uh, so, I have Sheffield going down. Yes. And I have Luton, unfortunately, going down. Yes. And I think... This is going to be an outrageous take. I already no, know I don't, this is what I think is going to happen, okay? I already know this is going to be an outrageous take. Do you know where I'm going with this? No, I just... I don't. I, think, I, I actually don't even know if I want to. I know. think Cooper's getting let go. And I think he is not the issue. At Nottingham Forest. The fans and players absolutely adore him. Right now they're just not 
picking up enough points and they have fallen down the table. I think the players and fans, while they'll support and try their best for the new manager, he won't be as well received or as well loved as Cooper. I think it is truly a player's issue at the minute. They're missing Iwani, so they're not getting the goals. I think Forrest will slip into that bottom three. I've seen somewhere Forrest want Lopetegui. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I actually do like Lopetegui uh, as a coach. Um, I just think it's a mistake getting rid of Cooper. I think if they get rid of Cooper, they'll get rid of him. He's not getting results though. Like there comes a time where you feel sorry for the manager and everything. He's a nice guy, Cooper. I like Cooper. You gotta like Cooper. He's I like so, Cooper. He's a lovely guy. You can tell he gets on. Well you th- you with think players. Burnley are going down? So with with you what? think the three promoted clubs are going I down? I don't see another team that's worse than them. They're, they're going to go down instead. Of them. I think I think they'll be fine. I think they play good enough football. I think they'll be fine. They're competent enough. I think anytime I look at a team going down, they go to desperate measures. They just sit and they try and and look. That works for some. I'm not saying it doesn't. I think they're good enough. Nor- Burnley are not. I was about to call them Norwich because that's who they remind me of. No, 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 no. Um, no, no. Burnley under, under Burnley. Farke. Norwich just in general. They come in, they play nice football. You go, ah, just fair play to Norwich. Yeah, you know they're yeah, giving yeah, it a yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they just aren't good enough. I just have a feeling. I, I, I don't know where to feel. I just have a feeling. You need to get that feeling. I've got a fi- I've p- we've picked up a few points recently now. We. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah I'm back in Burnley. <sighs> oh, I'm riding with Burnley. Um, look, I read, I read the having an opinion and sticking by it. Yeah, yeah. A good point at Brighton there. Sometimes you just got to look at things and like put your logical hat on. Yeah, yeah. And Burnley staying up just isn't a logical thing right now. And I like Burnley. Yeah. I, look, I, that's what I think. It's going to be very interesting. We, we have a really good preview show coming up on Friday as well. Yeah. Talking about the Premier League. It's a huge, huge, it's a huge weekend. We say it, but this is the Christmas period. That's, this, that's it though. It's every weekend it's in this league. Big, big Champions League coming up this week as well that we're going to just look over and we'll know as well in our preview show what way the groups are finished, which will be yeah. very, very interesting. And we'll know who, if anyone has dropped down to Europa League, that could yeah. hinder that could hinder teams yeah. having to play Thursday, Sunday so again. we will be discussing all that in our preview show on Friday. So we will see you again. And thank you so much for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.